Alex just started growling at me, so I threw rocks at him, and I killed him, and then he started flying around on rock boots, and then I got dragged inside his head, and now the monster's my friend, and we went, we went to get therapies. You did not! You just lied! Please, what Dewey says happened, there's no reason to argue about it. No one believes I beat the last level of Mortal Kombat. Because that's just ridiculous. No one beats Sub-Zero. It was the story that made us fall in love with TGI Fridays all over again. All you can eat appetizers for just 10 bucks. That's if you can find them, that is. Team Money went out on the town over the weekend to hunt for endless bounty, hitting up several Fridays locations along the way. Did they find it? No. It turns out only corporate-owned restaurants need to honor promotions. Over half of all Fridays, including most of those locations here in New York, we found out, are owned by franchises who are staying far away from this risky offering. Friday's not getting back to us for comment. Bruce, are you horrified? I grew up in the franchise business. That's what my folks did, the restaurant business. I understand it. But the problem is, consumers don't know the difference. They don't know what a franchise no, is, and they furious. don't care. Dominic, what they do you think? They don't care. What do I think? I'm hungry. I'm I didn't even get any of these appetizers. <laughs> and what are they trying to say? I eat too much? I'm too fat? I what are they trying to say? No, you no, go no, home now. Good. You I, go home I now. I still love Fridays in spite <laughs> of it all. Thanks, guys. That's all we have for now. I hope you're making money. Fine. Give me some antiseptic. Don't answer that. Let the machine... Hello? Hi, Dewey. Hi, Mom. Hi, we're just calling to check in. Let me speak with Francis. He's in the bathroom. Oh, well, let me talk to Malcolm. He's in the bathroom. They're both in the bathroom? What are they doing in there? I have to go to the bathroom. We have to get you stitches. Let's go to the hospital. No, you can't. Mom and Dad will find out. Skeleton bones and cellular phones. Can you believe it, baby? It's episode 16 of the Humor and the Abject podcast. This is your faithful studio manager, Staff Only. Welcome back to the land of milk, honey, and ostensibly endless appetizers, you infinite just humping screedlers. What a week it's been. Have you heard the fucking news? Humor and the Abject was just awarded a net art micro grant from the fine folks over at Rhizome. It is a real honor. We cannot say thank you enough. And Sean cannot say thank you enough to me, his studio manager, who wrote the fucking application for him while he watched British superfan fringe canon self-produced films expanding the storyline and universe of The Lord of the Rings on YouTube. Anyways, a big thanks to Rhizome for believing in this little project. It means a lot to be recognized and will use the fiscal help to keep bringing you this podcast and new writing on the website. This week's episode of the Humor and the Abject podcast is sponsored by Malcolm in the Middle, starring Malcolm Gladwell. It is a sitcom that asks the question, isn't everyone a Nazi? When you really think about it. Why is there only one kind of ketchup that Americans like? Who is John Galt? We're also sponsored this week by hard-hitting investigative journalism that has its sights set on TGI Fridays. Local evening news consumer reports are the original public drag, on the original timeline. Television. Let's hear it for the team. Time to get my butt punched on Facebook Messenger. I'll see you cowards on the other side. Bruppeting wah. Bruppeting wah. 
Pinch a pulled pork with pickled peppers and a hoppy IPA and then go to fucking graduate school about it. I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 16 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. It is our sweet 16 today. It's our 16th birthday of the podcast. We've been around for 16 years. We're buying the podcast a car. And uh, even sweeter than the sweet 16 this week are my two guests. They are the (laughs) minds behind Turner Masters Memory Hospital, a new podcast out on the Forever Dog Network. Uh, I've got Stephen Marco. He's a writer, a what I would say, I'd, I'd say a video artist, also a video maker, and a comedian. Uh, you can catch his work in The New Yorker and McSweeney's. And I've also got Catherine Cohen, who also co-wrote Turner Masters. And she is one of the hosts, along with Patty Harrison and Mitra Juhari of It's a Guy Thing at Union Hall. And has a new UCB performance coming up, I believe, that is called The Twist. She's gorgeous. So, Catherine Cohen, Stephen Marco, welcome to Human the Abject. How are you both? <gasps> Thank oh, you. Good. We're good. Um, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, yes. of course. I'm a fan. I've been listening. Yeah, thanks for making the trek to Greenpoint. Where'd y'all come from? Crown Heights. We live in Crown Heights. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't bad. We had a great time. Yeah. We had a great time on the way over, yep. I'm just happy to have my Celts. Yeah. We got Celts. What flavors did y'all get? I we got puke. To- yep, yeah, same. Yeah. You mixed yours with a little lemon, though, which inspired me. Oh. I put a little hint of lemon in there. Wow. Mm-hmm. I had that, too. And, uh, it's rocking my world. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, you two are comedians, but you're also lovers? Is that fair? Yes, <laughs> we are lovers. <laughs> lovers, yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that term. Yeah, yeah lovers. I, I, think it's, I think it's very fun. Lovers, to, friends, that's collaborators. Like, yes, I think lovers is like the video artist of your dating you mm. know it's like a much more intense artistic way of saying it. like you're dating on vimeo instead of youtube where it's just that yeah. extra level mm. vimeo pro exactly. yeah it's got kind of a yeah. a new veneer on it we got the upgrade <laughs> got totally. the pro upgrade. Well, how did y'all meet I say. <laughs> I say. <laughs> There's only one answer to that. Okay. Question. Well, I I started I started hosting this open mic. Yeah. Uh, I guess two years ago called Skaters Only Mic <coughs> at the uh, old. I don't even want to say where it was because it turned out to be a shit storm. Yeah, it's a venue that no longer exists. The venue for that shall good not be named. Reason. Yes. Anyways, for good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it was an amazing mic. Um, we had so much fun, and Steven started coming, and I was like, ding dong, who's that? <laughs> making me giggle and making me go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to hear. So I got I so flirty, and I was like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, what's up also? <laughs> that's true. Nice. Were um, you getting flirty? Yeah, I get, yeah, I get flirty. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty... I'm pretty shy in general. Oh. Pretty reserved. Yeah. But yeah. I was I was responding. I feel like um you you always tell the story as if I was totally aloof and Well, he's just a little too cool. That's not I don't <laughs> think that's true. That's exactly I I how I would describe Stephen as too cool for school. <laughs> oh. ever, no when you don't know him, you no. might think that. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm 
I could see that when I didn't foursome. know when I didn't know Stephen super well, and we had mm-hmm. just met. Um, shortly thereafter, I was doing those comedy nights in the East Village, and yeah. you brought a group of maybe three other young men oh in God, masks yeah. and stormed <laughs> oh, no. into the space and threw cereal and called me like a capitalist pig and said you're going to burn the building down. That was my group, uh, the head honchos of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had a notorious rain. And, um, it was a regular thing. Yeah, it was a somewhat regular thing for a little bit. Uh, we could not make it past the sort of meta-nihilist stage uh-huh. or something. I wanted to actually make sketches and stuff, but we weren't uh, – when we got in a room together, we just went crazy. <laughs> I really wanted to yes and. I wanted to tag out. I wanted to do the whole thing. Ask a question? No, you don't do You're that. You're not supposed to. Sorry. I've never done improv. I'm going to an improv show Guess on what? Sunday. That's oh, wow. okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Have you never been to a show either? I accidentally went to an improv show at uh, The Annoyance. Accidentally? Well, we were going to... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly right. I, I don't have any beef with improv. Um, but Claire and I were going to see Lorelai Ramirez's like hour that mm-hmm. she was doing. Um, like mm. Deteriorating Live, I think it was called or something. But... We thought, you know, this is, there's going to be a lot of people. We should get there early. Um, we get there really early, and there was a there was an improv show mm. before it. And you know, they were uh, on the White House lawn, and there's a <laughs> there's dog shit on the lawn, wow. and then a sniper or something along those lines. Ooh. But I was, Are, you're describing a very specific scene. It, it was <laughs> one improv. Yeah, scene. <laughs> they were doing that thing you do. Where <laughs> and we're, yeah, we're like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's such a good one. That's a good. That was a good one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the annoyance is uh, a venue that is no longer around that I regret. I regret no longer being around. I was yeah. just getting really emotional last night, walking around with the fall breeze coming in, and mm-hmm. I was just realizing that all the venues we were going to when we first met and we're first hanging out, like they're all gone. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. Where are is gone. our home? You that's, know. That's that's funny because I've had a few people message me after. Uh, listening to this and saying, oh, well, where are where are the places that I should go to the mics? And I've told them, like, um, Collins, Mike, like, yeah. Late Mike, Late Mike mm-hmm. and stuff Mike like that. But, pass. but there were so many, like, a couple years ago at these different places that I felt like I could say, oh, you just moved here and you want to go give it a whirl and not have people, like, um, like just hate you. Like, these places, <laughs> these audiences are pretty nice. Like, the comics hosting them are pretty cool. And, like, it seems like you can you can be a little more... Weird. Yeah, you've been going to the mic at Quimby's Bookstore. There's a great uh, mic Wednesday nights at 9 at Quimby's Bookstore. By Desert Island? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. I highly recommend one. it. They were in the, uh, Quimby's was in the Brooklyn Art Book Fair that I helped put together with last week's guest, PJ. Wow. wow. Full world. circle. Yeah, very small Gorgeous. Uh, did that happen already? That was in May, and I think we're going to do it again next oh, year. Oh, fun. So oh, nice. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Um, now, we're here for a lot of reasons mm. today. Okay, great. Many, many reasons. <laughs> um, you're both two very funny people that oh, I've really God. enjoyed watching perform. Mm. Um, but right off the bat, I do want to talk about this new scripted, what I would call, uh, and I did fucking call in a blog post today a mini epic oh yes uh turner masters memory hospital and thank you for your blog post because it was so nice (laughs) it was really nice so cool um could the two of you i've been insisting 
uh, regular that people listen to this. Uh, could you offer a brief primer for somebody who hasn't tuned in yet? Uh, what what they might what they might expect? Um, yeah, so it's a series called Turner Masters Memory Hospital, and uh, it's basically <laughs> it's not really about much of anything. It's kind of like a murder mystery uh, where the murder clearly. Uh, as far as anyone can tell, uh, didn't happen. Someone died accidentally. The person who died was a is a, a piece of shit person. <coughs> a Brock Turner esque. <laughs> well, I don't know if we should name names. Oh, but well, um, it's okay. that was going on. Yeah, <laughs> that was in in the news. That was kind of the inspo. Well, yeah, and uh, yeah, that filtered in. I think something about originally it was a, a memory pond. Yes. And it was about the you know, swimming. Uh, the teenager was a swimmer, this like uh, rapist monster. Uh, just all, just a, <laughs> so a Dasadian, <laughs> you know, it's, it's Dasad, you know. He's, I, he's a hedonistic monster. Yeah. I tell people it's a six episode TV show for your ears. Yeah. And it's really wacky and yeah. a little bit wild. It's, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm getting it's into kind of, plot here. It's kind of prestige podcasting mm. if you think about it right there uh well what do you mean by that exactly i don't know just the way that people say <laughs> prestige television like oh like we're going age. for the uh, awards like yeah anything on you know like scripted dramas on hbo we're in an age of you know prestige television totally of you know you've got your your true detective right you've got your leftovers transparent i think transparent. we're there is that there's that series homecoming mm -hmm. which is prestige podcasting it's a a dr dramatic podcast with uh, oscar isaac and katherine keener hell yeah and that really is swinging for the fences what we do is more like adult swim <laughs> uh, uh you know tragically overlooked it should be considered prestige television it's amazing uh, i've been watching tim and eric's uh bedtime stories mm -hmm. and i just love that that's like the exactly the kind of thing I like horror and comedy meeting in a absurd demented way and, and that's, that's kind of what, what Turner is yeah that's what this series is like it opened with I forgot that uh, yeah. <laughs> uh Tucker Max was a person yeah yeah like that that's such a window <laughs> of time I feel I like know. that people were talking about that and to hear uh you know people talk about what the things have aged well and to think about <laughs> that type of writing and just the beginning when um, uh, is it the mom is reading a selection of it at the funeral yeah. right, or yeah. something. And I just I had no idea that that's what it was from until it sort of <laughs> mentioned at the end. And all that I could think the whole time was who the fuck would write this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's why I well, I don't know. This is a larger topic, but I, I think it's so funny when people say. PC culture as you know censored people and art or something and everybody's just like we need to that's why I go on stage and I say all this crazy stuff because it's liberating it's always been there people always mm -hmm. put out you know garbage like that and then everyone likes it it's <laughs> not like it's not like we are actually oppressed I think in in any real way I mean the authors like that not only publish but um are very successful, you know, it seems. Maybe because they're playing off an idea of PC culture. And, like, everyone feels that tension. But, like, you can obviously 
I don't know. I feel like, right? Like, did um, Milo lost his deal or did he not? I think he self-published. Uh, he put it out anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he get, yeah, he Dangerous. got that far. He got the deal. Peligroso. Yeah, everything on, and everyone's bad. Yeah, stuff like that gets put out there and people get excited because it seems to be violating, you know, some sort of taboo or something, but like that's not but really there. I guess that's an interesting thing to kind of talk about though in terms of this podcast because there's certainly no shying away from topics on this. It yeah. seems like the the success in uh, Turner Masters Memory Hospital for me is that you're not dodging any of these topics that people are acting like they can't address or talk about. You're simply shifting where like the barb is being jabbed. And instead of making light of uh, the victims of this terrible person or anything like that, it's like all of the people who are in power or in these positions of privilege are the really awful people. And the show's making fun of them, not about the experience of like, it's not like, haha, look, this guy's a <laughs> date rapist. It's like, about the institution of, I think, basically sexual oppression that causes people like him to exist and get away with it. And it's not so much a laughter like, ha-ha, it's like a, oh, like, yeah. where you <laughs> are having like a visceral response to it. So, yeah, I don't, I, to say that people are saying, oh, you can't talk about this or make jokes about this. And it's like, it just kind of seems like how you approach it, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I we, think, yeah, go ahead. We just we had, we had the conversation a few times like should there be one good character or should everyone be a total nightmare? And I think yeah. it works best this way where everyone is just feeding off each other and just being, you know, encouraging this terrible behavior because no one no one's saying this isn't okay in that world. Yeah. Yeah, originally there was a sort of childhood friend of his that was, you know, the emotional anchor and kind of the only uncorrupted uh character but um yeah i think it works better now i mean it's just a very different thing now because there's a certain kind of like there's a thin quality to all these characters like you focus more on the world i think than like these individuals they're not like full you know characters you can sympathize with or anything ever it's just it's all so monstrous and like a f fun house like or something um because of that because there's no real pa pathos and i think uh, the way the sort of notes I was given in doing my character who has some of like the craziest, I think most like grotesque lines, um, it oh was to like not even, and maybe I'm like forgiving my performance, which I don't <laughs> think is great, but like um, it, I was told like, you know, don't do a voice, don't do a character. Basically just like say these lines so the lines and like the images conjured by the lines can just be the thing instead of like really like your Catherine's just naturally a very good uh character actor and oh stop you, <laughs> and a voice a voice uh, artist that's true and uh so you you brought your character to life but uh i think magrissa remains a monster oh yeah she's her own awful. Way. <laughs> yeah i feel like there's some moments with her where you feel bad for her yeah, but she's overall, like kind she of keeps, stunned, you know. She keeps she's letting like, things happen to her, so it's like you can't feel that bad. Mm -hmm. She's Just, numb, yeah. She keeps hanging around these people. and Yeah, she has her own sort of, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, yeah, corruption, corrosion yeah. or something. How did that process of writing these characters happen? And are you kind of walking around with a little tape recorder, like inventing <laughs> things? Or like, what? what is just the writing process like? And how do you 
how do you get to a point where it's like, no, that's because you you push mm. up on some. It's not it's not being an edge lord, but you're pushing on some <laughs> edges. Like there's some yeah. serious stuff where I'll be like sort of giggling and listening to it on the train, and then a certain things happen or a certain thing happens, and I'm just sort of like, I'm afraid that you know I'm I've got my arm on the railing and I'm standing like this in a packed train and that the woman sitting down in front of me has just heard what I'm <laughs> oh, listening no. to and is like upset with me or something. I don't, yeah, I don't think we said no to, to anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I have filters kind of built in at this point. Try, I try not to, uh, like, well, so we met two years ago at this mic, mm-hmm. which was kind of a more alt, uh, alty mic, and uh, people doing more experimental stuff. And even at that mic, and only a few times, I think, I've tried to do characters that were like gross characters, but to do them in a you know real way that's almost like maybe the audience thinks that's really who I am. And I always feel so gross about that afterwards they don't usually get very many laughs and the hosts and everybody seem to usually really you know aren't happy about that so um yeah i feel like um i feel like all the characters i do are horrible people yeah but they're not not in that sense of like i would be in a room with you thinking you were like that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean there's like a way to do it that's like a a Kaufman fake out where you're like, oh, wow, this person's... And then there's a way to do it where it's like so absurd and goofy that I think it's it's a little bit... It's less of a... There's less of an edge, I guess, to it because it's um, it's all just like a kind of swirl of some, some really silly stuff, even some puns, and then like, yeah, maybe some like just stating something that happened in real life that's really dark and and sad or something, but they all get mixed together. There's definitely a type of comedy, and I, I know, uh, you know, you've seen it, uh, Sean, where it's like people, and and the people we know who do it, they they do it very well in, in a funny way, but it's easy to not be funny about, like, convincing an audience you're a racist or something, and that's, like, <laughs> oh, it. God. You know, it's not hard to convince them because at any given <laughs> sure. open mic, there's, yeah. you know, <laughs> plenty of uh. real, you know, <laughs> racists, so... Yeah, but in coming up with these characters, uh, we just did a lot of sitting around and talking, and then yeah. we kind of, well, uh, we, we, so it all started, uh, right. the two of us and Peter Smith wanted to do a, a show together um, mm-hmm. at, the, at annoyance. the Annoyance. Yeah. And so we met up uh, last summer a bunch and we're just talking through ideas and we kind of came up with this concept together. And we didn't end up getting to do the show because of scheduling stuff and busy and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. then when Forever Dog reached out to me, they were like, we want you to do some kind of radio play type thing. And I was like, oh, I have this thing that I think would be so perfect. <laughs> So we just reached out to Peter, um, who like didn't was I guess didn't have time to work on the show anymore, and we we're like, do you mind if we take the idea we had, you know, and turn it into this podcast? And they were like, for sure, do it. So um, that's where that started. So when we started writing the script, we already had a bunch of the script when we started working on it, and then it was just a matter of, I guess, splitting up scenes based on the characters that we were going to play. Like it was easier for me to write McGriss's scenes, and you wrote most of the Gronathan stuff. Yeah, we kind of just split up, and then threw it all together haphazardly, and then we're like, what is this? And it, w- it was written in, like, a couple of sittings. It was like very just, fast. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of... I feel like most of the most of the stuff I make, it's like one... You know, I sit down and I just, you know, uh, vomit it out or, or, or something. <laughs> Writing is incredibly painful for me, but um, <laughs> that's why we had the guys at Forever Dog 
uh, give us some deadlines. Uh-huh. And I'm yeah. very type A and very hard on myself. So I'm like, well, no matter what happens, we have to get it done. Yeah, yeah. If so that's all I I think I tell people that all the time, like young artists, if I go into their studio, I'm like, what do you do after school? I'm like, let other people set deadlines for you and they'll be <laughs> bummed if you don't meet them. Yeah. That's a great motivator, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, people you respect and like, don't know super well so yeah. you really like oh, like there's really something at risk it. where they might like yeah dislike you publicly for yeah. it so yeah. yeah i think that's a for me that helps a lot to totally. know that somebody's gonna be upset with me if i do something that's wrong. all that works for me <laughs> if it's myself holding myself accountable no um wait so um and peter plays mrs master yes turner's mother brilliantly i yeah. know and they are the best they're on a level that it's I, beyond. <laughs> yeah, that character. Did Peter assist with yeah. um, writing the dialogue too, or did you kind mm-hmm. of bring Peter the stuff and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can. Well, in the original, yeah, script, and I'm not 100% it was meant, sure how It was much. meant for a live performance originally. Yeah. Yeah. So they wrote in, a bunch of the original yeah. stuff. I'm not sure. At how this much point. we kept, yeah. Yeah. But um, definitely the, I think the, the, the choice of making the mother a, a cold. <laughs> uh, that was all aloof. Peter. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that was Peter's choice. <laughs> and split. Oh wait, that, I'm gonna. I can't. Re- I can't <laughs> reveal things. We need people to listen. But sorry. I do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, exactly. That's what this is all about. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Make no mistake. <laughs> we're here on a promotional tour. <laughs> I have to say though, when we when we had the script and we were we recorded it over two days, one weekend. Whoa! And, really? Uh, it was very. Every, the whole process was so, so fast. Fast. And yeah. I have to say that it was just one of the best experiences of my whole life because everyone who came in just was killing yeah. and making us laugh so hard. So, like, we start with Peter's uh, opening monologue, and just from the first second, everyone was just, like, in stitches. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. <laughs> yeah, there was some stuff. There was a buzz in the room. There yeah. was excitement. There's such a physicality to the voice that they're doing mm. where it's kind of this, I can see how this mother moves yes. and acts and just facial tics and things. It's oh, man. pretty, well, Peter's a, I just got tickets to see their show, Caroline. Yes. So I can't wait. Very excited. Plug, plug. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, if you have, but it's such an ensemble cast, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I, You have to, uh, I don't have the large screen iPhone, but in order to see the actual cast <laughs> on the description of one of the podcast episodes, I have to tap read more. Wow. And then it expands. And then I have to <laughs> tap read more. And oh, it wow. does it again. We're asking a lot. Well, <laughs> I wanted to see who everybody was. And I had a lot of fun trying to guess. I think, yeah. Stephen, I was asking you a little while ago. I was like, who is this person? And who is this person? Because some yeah. of them I knew immediately. And I was like, oh, Lord, that's so-and-so. But then some of them I was just like, what the fuck is playing that character? I think some people didn't even know what what character I <laughs> was playing for a while. Who is uh, without revealing too much? Uh, so Ed Hardy makes some cameos. Oh. Dan Chamberlain is it? Okay, iconic. <laughs> Dan yeah, we did. <laughs> Dan, what that was? He was the first. He was the first one to come in. Got to come in, yeah. and um, oh my god, uh, he did like two takes, and like one, he was doing this crazy accent. <laughs> it was <laughs> Very so funny. Kind of. Was it subtle? It was ambiguous for sure. It was and like the Dos Equis Oh, yeah. It was, t- <laughs> it was this like mysterious kind of, kind of like I live in a resort I voice. <laughs> it, was, it seemed right, even though I was pretty sure it was wrong. I've never heard Ed Hardy speak out loud. No. Um, Is Ed Hardy dead? 
I don't think so. I don't even know. I didn't. I, guess I it wrote. Matter. I wrote that it's not scene, gonna, and it's not I don't fuck know. Up the universe. I did not really do my research for that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a few tattoos and I was let like, it I flow. Think I, I think I got it. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, it was, was so, so fun casting the script once we had all the roles and stuff. Yeah, and almost everybody was available from like our first. Yeah, we just know so many list yeah. talented people. It was just like a joy. There really is. There's there's so many more people too that I wanted to bring in. It was hard to narrow it down. There are so many that we were like, oh, but how about, you know, these 10 other people? And we're like, but we don't even have (laughs) roles left. (laughs) It's been cast. Oh my God, it got to the point where we were like. a butler. Yeah, we we did. We were were writing in roles. We were like, they have to be in it. (laughs) We wrote in. (laughs) A walk-on cameo. uh, Carmen Christopher plays. uh, Yeah, this guidance counselor, I think, who was uh, on spring break in, uh, at Guantanamo Bay, <laughs> and uh, that was written like, yeah, right, right before he came in because we knew we wanted him to come in, and we knew what character he'd probably play. There was a version of that character in a previous uh, draft yeah. or something, so but we didn't have have it written. I wrote it last minute, and it's, I thought it was really funny. Oh yeah, he's he's so funny. Can we talk too about the? So this is originally developed for live performance, which mm-hmm. I assume is probably the way that a lot of the writing or for video but really visually heavy and this was uh a really unique adaptation to bring it to this space that has a different type of three-dimensionality and you y'all were kind of saying earlier that the characters are sort of like superficial and so you don't get this 3d thing but the world is like I i was trying to think of words earlier as i was like typing about it and in like warm came up to me which also was mm. wrong because like <laughs> there are a bunch of cold fuckers that live there <laughs> yeah. but there's this like chewiness or expansiveness or something to the mental space that's going on in there and it kind of like i know it's such an obvious thing to say but it was really like lynchian in the kind of like mm. way that the music was complementing the different characters and it wasn't overpowering but it was just this kind of like these weird things and little cues for transitions like that thing the little guitar strum that also makes me think of when Sam arrives on Clarissa Explains It All. Oh my god, I love that thing. But how did um, how did you start to think differently about that? Because this is something that um, and obviously radio theater is already a thing. I mean, this is a, this is a thing that's almost a century old mm-hmm. or maybe more. I don't know the history of radio. I don't give up <laughs> yeah. on it. And don't at me. But <laughs> yeah. so this is something that really had a space before. Now, for some reason, you know, as people are really interested in encountering audio content, um, how did you start to think about what that world felt like as, as opposed to look like? And then is it something that you want to do again, too? Oh, yeah. Definitely oh, want to sure. do it again. Well, I have a couple things to say about that. The, Go for the, it. The, the first Do is you that. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, cool when people call each other. That. <laughs> my, my notes here somewhere. Uh, um, well, the first thing I wanted to say is that Forever Dog did the the audio, everything, the whole, the music is a is original. It's an original score. Oh, they did really? The mixing. Those aren't like just. It's open all source sample. Brand, no, really? it's all original for the wow. series. They worked so hard. We the guys at Forever Dog are they're a powerhouse. They're yeah. incredible to work with. A true joy. Truly, like understood the vision and just let us run with it and enhanced it just over and over yeah. again with these amazing effects and music and editing and all that. So shout out yeah, yeah. it's as somebody who is like uh, art world person. This mm-hmm. is like I firmly consider this a piece of sound art <gasps> like in a in a way that kind of is i don't even know like 
the earlier in the thing that I was writing, I referenced this artist, Janet Cardiff, who does these sort of like proto before people using like binaural mics and being over this isn't a binaural mic so what i'm doing makes no fucking <laughs> sense right now but yeah um these really three-dimensional spaces and you would wear these headphones and you could either move through real spaces or it would kind of move you into these realms and stuff and this feels so similar to that and so different than just something that's bounced down to a mono mix like this yeah. is a things are happening someone drives a motorcycle away and you hear I them know. actually leave or like right, yeah. dent a car or something and it's really like yeah, it just feels like a a thing. Like, you can't just listen to one. You have to do the whole, you have to do the experience. When we decided it was going to be an audio project, it felt like this weight was lifted and the, this huge world opened up. Like, oh, my God, we can create whatever we want now. We're yeah. no longer thinking about, like, well, what if we have to have a PowerPoint? Or oh, I want to yeah. do a song and the oh, the tech is going to be, it was just like, no. Yeah, yeah. We're in control. <laughs> Right, yeah, because that's kind of what sunk the play version was, you know, we were, you know, we had done no work to actually <laughs> prepare for the live version of it. And we were like thinking about all the costumes and stuff and we all just got so overwhelmed. <laughs> and if you want it to happen more than once, you have to coordinate a million schedules. And then oh, yeah. if you want to, and if you want to document it with video, it's like you have a whole other mountain to climb and like, are people going to sit through a whole thing or whatever? And there's something about audio that just lets you sort of drift off into this space and know these characters and kind of feel like you're walking through the spaces with them. Yeah. And it totally changed like the story of the whole thing because it turned into this kind of murder mystery and then we go into the other worlds again and again toward the end. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think the original version was going to be more of a recital or kind of a right. one one, yeah. one place, one, you know, we weren't going to be exploring these different past, present, you know. Dimensions. Yeah, it was all going to be. flash sideways. Yeah. <laughs> it was all going to be at the, the opening <sighs> ceremony for uh, this hospital that is has been purchased and is being turned into a... A, a living memorial. memorial. <laughs> yeah, a living memorial um, uh, for this uh, terrible teen. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I was going to... The, the other thing I was going to say is I had been uh, talking about wanting to do a podcast for a, a while. I was, I was kind of... I, f I was feeling the same thing that I want. I want to make video. I want to make film, you know, short films, feature films. But I get so overwhelmed. There's just so many, you know, moving parts to consider, and so many, yeah, people to gather. And um, I, I feel like I'm really bad with collaborations. I'm I'm trying to get a lot better, like bringing people in on things, and uh, even like directing people and being okay with that. Like, here's my thing that I wrote, and like. I'm not going to worry about whether <laughs> you think it's amazing or not. I'm just going to, you know, you're here to uh, do this thing, and I'm just, you know, st standing by the work or whatever. But um, I really wanted to do it. Um, I guess I just kind of figured, like, no one would maybe listen to it or something <laughs> and who who would be a part of it. And, uh, and then this kind of came along uh, right as I was really <laughs> getting excited about trying something like that. So uh, it was kind of perfect timing and... Um, I had so much fun doing it and it just kind of confirmed every, uh, suspicion I had about, uh, how great the medium would be. And mm -hmm. I, I, and what I'm blown away by is like more people have listened to this already than like have seen all the videos I've made in the past <laughs> six months or something because they just put it on and they say they're like, 
they're at work and they're opening, you know, the store or whatever, and uh, they're they're listening to it or they're, you know, uh, yeah, they're behind a uh, desk or something and they're listening to it. It's just going all the time. They can't do that with a, a sketch. Yeah. Um, but I I still want to make more visual stuff. But I would I I felt like we were making a feature film basically, mm-hmm. and and we were doing it in a way that cost as little as it could possibly cost and the turnaround was as uh you know short as possible so yeah i thought it was amazing i I expect more people to be doing stuff like this yeah i hope there's more stuff like it because right now i feel like there's not a lot yeah of narrative well i hope more attention is paid (laughs) to this sort of thing and that we're we're there and i think that was part of forever dogs thinking was like we're this is something they've wanted to do as well, and they sense there's a lot of interview-based podcasts. They're great. We're on one right now. Hell I'm yeah. having the time <laughs> of my life. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like um, narrative fiction podcasts, uh, there's some improvised ones that are pretty funny yeah. that I've heard. But um, with a fourth wall kind of up, like not you know just characters speaking to the audience, um, that's like a new thing. and. Uh, well, obviously, Night Vale, Welcome mm-hmm. to Night Vale was a huge hit, and uh, I, I love it, too. And uh, so I'm surprised that it did so well, though, because mm-hmm. it is so weird and dark and funny. But I think that obviously was in our back of our minds when we were doing this as well. That worked, so why not just go for it, this dark, weird thing? I mean, people do love the true crime things. Oh, yeah. You know? Right. So Maybe you that could, was a little hacky get, <laughs> of us to be like, it's a murder. It's a murder. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. I thought that was part of what was so yeah. sort of funny yeah. about it was this kind of like in the same way that, well, and I don't know. I mean, I don't mean to call some. I'm not going to name like a podcast name or something. But some of those sort of narrative-based things where you're kind of like, you're really stretching this out to turn something interesting. I'm talking about cereal. To turn something <laughs> interest that's maybe okay interesting into like insanely interesting by like all of these textures and weird things going yeah. on and kind of like choosing the way that you present a linear timeline. And it's just kind of fun that y'all took permission with that and we're just sort of like, well, you know, we don't have to exist in a single world either. Yeah, I feel like I listen to a lot of podcasts that are like, and then the girl lived in the box for six years. <laughs> and I'm like, what is wrong with me that I am choosing this? Wait, like all the scary ones, you mean? Yeah, we yeah. listen to a lot of that shit. Or oh, I, well, yeah, we listen to one. Oh, my God, uh, it's sometime. really scary. What is it called? Catherine gets genuinely scared. Oh, it's called is it the sword. Jim, it's like Jim. <laughs> it's not Jim I Henson. Always, I always say Jim Henson, Henson but that's not the name. Jim Hansen. <laughs> Jim Hansen. Hansen? It's, su- it's, it's some dude's it's called, name, like, Campfire. Campfire and it's Tales. People calling with real ghost stories. Oh. They scare the shit out of me. And it's amazing know. because it's like this. In its listening. own, it's probably like a tinny yeah. audio. Yeah, that's what's yeah. amazing about that's it. Cool. It's this tinny, what? like awful lo fi yes. t- telephone audio, and yet you're still, and you're driving, so yeah. it's really loud. And it, we were driving through a storm. Claire and I were listening to one about, like, oh, God, I can't remember. It was like, Children who went missing in trees or something in, in like fucking England. Nonfiction. We we're, were trying. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it was like an urban legend thing or something, but but rooted in. Oh. But rooted in like there was a logical explanation for like what happened, but they would mm. always uh, paint. I don't even remember what it was called, but we were driving through yeah. Michigan uh, in the middle of the night. It was very foggy, and like where my folks live, there's no like 
uh, there's no freeway that goes there. So you're on like a two lane road and it's completely pitch black and we're just like, what are we doing? But I still enjoyed it. I know. We live for that shit. What got, uh, something got you really freaked out. What was that? What was the story? That night? That. Yeah, that particular (laughs) one that we were listening to. Okay, here's what happened is there was this. We were just about to move into a new apartment and there were all these stories oh, about like right. things happening in houses and I was just like, I I cannot deal if our <laughs> new apartment has some kind of vibe. Like yeah. we were we lived in this horrible, horrible shithole before and I found this beautiful place that almost seemed too good to be true. So then we start listening mm. to these ghost stories and I'm like, Oh my god, it's fucking haunted. They thought it's it was cool. too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, Ron man. Howard comes in. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Meme it. Oh my god. What uh what what was that one? Do you guys remember that um, that ghost story about... This one really scared me when I was a kid. It was one about the kid would go to bed and he was really scared, but his dog would sleep next to the bed. He would put his hand down and the dog would lick his hand and then yeah. he would relax. And he would know, Do you know that one? I know that one. <laughs> that one no, keep telling it. Okay, so the, <laughs> I'll tell the truncated version. But so the kid keeps putting his hand down, you know, and, like the, and the dog licks and he goes back to sleep and it, you know, he does this every night, makes him feel safe. Then oh. one morning he wakes up <laughs> and he goes and his dog's not there and he goes into the bathroom and the dog is like, you know, gutted and like hanging from like the uh, shower head and like it's just like disemboweled in the bathtub uh, and on the wall written in blood it says like humans can lick too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah. But the thing is it's like the humans long con that leads up to that where you know that you sit in the pitch black until your eyes adjust and break into this home multiple nights in a row to case this kid's like night routine and then yeah. you know that his dog licks his hand which provides him comfort. It's just it's over a- the top. It's not a popular and cause. Why would you kill a kid? Nobody wants <laughs> to kill a dog at that. I know. Killing He's not a even that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, humans. Yeah, it depends how you oh, read it's also, it. It's also kind of like a humans well, actually. Can, humans can lick too. <laughs> and then he was never heard from again. <laughs> that was it. That's cool. He's like an original guy who slides in in the comments. He's just like, oh, you <laughs> thought the, do- the dog was like your hand? Well, actually, you know, um, humans. Well, yeah, well. Yeah, I kind of thought, I imagined he would feel something licking his hand and he would look over and the dog's like on the bed. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know what would happen. That'd be a fun twist. Leans over and there's just some dude. (laughs) Yeah. When it comes to dining out, just about everybody loves all-you-can-eat, especially with today's high food prices. So there's one new all-you-can-eat promo that may come with a lot of catches. Here's John Matarisa, You Don't Waste Your Money. TGI Fridays has just launched a new summer promotion to bring in customers during this slow time of year. Its new Friday's Endless Appetizers deal will let you eat as much mozzarella sticks, potato skins, or spinach dip as you want for just 10 bucks. Sounds like a whole dinner, right? Well, not so fast. USA Today says there are several catches. The biggest, you can't mix appetizers for your $10. You get only one, such as mozzarella sticks, all night long. Also, it's not all you can eat for the whole table. It's just you. So that $10 will not feed a group of four. USA Today says Fridays is in a pricing war with Applebee's and Chili's, which both have a $20 deal for two entrees and an appetizer. It says endless potato skins might not be what diners want right now. Still, dining chains are rolling out the deals this summer, so you don't waste your money. I'm John Matteries, ABC Action. My attention!
Okay. Speaking of twists, yes. I want to change gears a little oh, bit. Lolly. Let's twist. I want to talk about the twist. Oh my god. Ooh yeah. She's gorgeous. And am I correct that you are sort of collaborating on this <clears throat> too? Oh yeah, it's it's my solo show that Stephen directs. Wow. Yeah. So I've done it a few times at the Duplex, mm-hmm. which is my favorite space. Yeah. It's amazing. What's your least favorite? You don't have to answer that. Oh my god, <laughs> the I'm pit. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. I like the pit. I <laughs> to go go all in. So Aww. what's the? I mean, well, I know the twist. It's in the title, which I just want to say that's a very bad name. You're giving it away for free. <laughs> oh shit! Saved me a click. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, what's 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 it about? What are, what are we looking for? And when's it happening? It's at UCB, right? Yes. Yeah, so I decided to try to do it at UCB because um, I like it there so much. Basically, I guess the spine of the show is these uh, nice. comedic cabaret songs that I write mm-hmm. that are kind of like, um, they're sort of like shitty Mariah Carey songs about my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there, well, there's a range of, of There's genre. a ra- range of genre. There's yeah. some like, yeah. Like you were talking about, you were talking some about the process of writing the songs on Bone and Matt's Oh, pod, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I lo- oh my yeah. God, shout out to Las Culturistas. Good Lord. I'm a fan, a huge mm-hmm. fangirl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I basically it's just a combination of everything I do. So it's some stand up, some characters, um, all kind of tied together with these songs. And I, you know, I read some poems and stuff as well. But I guess the main theme of all the stuff, it's all personal and about my life. And I just uh, think it's so funny. <laughs> I'm trying to think where the title came from. It's just like the idea. Well, every like teen movie, right? Yeah, like it's just they're like, like they take off her glasses, exactly. straighten her hair, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And it's just I'm just obsessed with that whole yeah. genre and world, <laughs> and just this idea that like she did all that and she hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she made a painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, she That's can cool. read she and she painting? can fuck. <laughs> That's she cool. Yeah. So I want people to see my show and be like, plus. Damn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's where it starts. Yeah. So it's so fun and we always get good crowds and um Steven's yeah. really good. He's so familiar with all the stuff that I do that it was really helpful having him figure out help me figure out where to put everything and kind of how to tie things together and you know different intros and jokes to lead into certain mm-hmm. things because it's kind of overwhelming to be like, "I want to put all my stuff together." So that was cool. Great director. Do, do you ever This is kind of nerdy. Do you ever color code things? I love that. Oh, what do you mean? Like, I was told a long time ago by a teacher in school that, and this is kind of where I, I started doing this from, was I wrote a paper. This and sounds I turned like it a in. scary story, by the way. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so it's Years told. ago. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> but uh, no, I had uh, written this paper, and I don't know why I didn't think of this beforehand, but my teacher kind of said, do you ever like blur your eyes and just look at the page? And I was like, what and she was sort of saying no you like look at the chunks like look at the form that the writing that you did makes not like in a crazy concrete poetry way but like do you see how much text is right here and how maybe that's like off-putting just visually or like just think of it sculpturally or something and so as i was writing performance art pieces and stuff i started to think about this stuff is blue and I don't mean in like a, I'm mm-hmm. talking about poop. I just mean like, you know, this, this stuff kind of feels blue and this stuff is red and then would try to kind of chunk like a thing that was longer, like longer than 30 minutes or 40 minutes if it was like a thematic thing and think about the way the colors looked and, and if I liked what it looked like, then I thought maybe the flow would be good or something. Cool. And I feel like people do that with movies, with post-its or something, but I didn't, 
I didn't know if that's so it's still a, a sequence, like blue, red. I guess so, yeah, or like a waveform. Like when you look at audio or something, just some way to visualize something that's so kind of abstract and, uh, yeah. and performance-based. We're like, oh, song and this and that, but like literally how much time does it take up and like what right. shape is it or what, and does it look cool as a as like a waveform, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't done any color coding. That would be a good idea. No, I was, but I like stuff like that. Yeah, I was definitely working thematically to figure to kind of chunking things together and then figuring out well you know want to start with a big song want to you know the uh, the levels of the show like oh we can slow it down here yeah, yeah. punch it up here and then kind of plugging that stuff in i, mean, I love like a big picture You're like composing type. a pop yeah. song yeah totally yeah exactly yeah cuz you want the, i want i really wanted the show to feel like one coherent thing i think yeah that it that's rare that's a big like thing a, for me too yeah that it's like one piece not just like not. I mean, it it literally is me going like. Now I'm gonna throw on this wig, <laughs> yeah. but I think that it flows in a way that it's like it makes sense. It's kind of telling a story. Yeah, yeah we're arranging things in like a album kind of way, I guess, or something. Like yeah. there's no like yeah. It kind of starts with a song that's yeah. like an origin story, mm. and it, that we reprise that song at the end. Oh, a little, which is fun. Little well, callback. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a little, a little bookend. <laughs> <laughs> deet, deet. Write that down. <laughs> it bookend because it's like bookends. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say. Did you hear that noise I just made? Was that from you? What was? Yeah. It? You I've know, never made that before. That sound to me is like home because I'm constantly warming up my voice and trying to figure out like yes. where in my range. Oh. So all Do day. Do some of those. Yeah. It is. Hmm. Awesome. Mm. Mm-hmm. The first thing I do when I wake up every morning, like a fucking psycho, it's is like just a, go. Like a sun <laughs> salutation, sort of. I don't yeah. mind that so much as. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> when you, uh, without what? announcing it, go into lines you're trying to learn for a part <laughs> <laughs> that you want me to do, run lines uh, with you. But like. You think it's a conversation? Yeah, we'll be on the train yeah, and she'll turn laugh. to me and go, I haven't seen the dog. <laughs> it's been four years why are you asking me about the dog <laughs> what? and he's like is that from a script don't do that to me <laughs> yeah like, don't whenever I ask you to run lines you're like this is from like... a script because I react I'm like what did I do what is happening Aww. now we have a whenever dog. I ask Steven <laughs> to run lines he's like okay <laughs> well well we do you do your like tape self tapes or something now and I'm I is like I'm running I'm doing the lines with you and I always feel self conscious like I'm not performing Hmm. My part, I'm just reading like this. But that's fine because that's how it is in most auditions. I know that's how, that's why, you know. Does it make you feel, I've never been doing an audition. Does that make you feel insane? Auditioning? When they read it in a monotone and then you have to act it back? Uh, Yeah, I think that everything about auditioning is fully insane. (laughs) It's like, what are we doing here? It's like we went to this little tiny closet Mm -hmm. and now I'm going to start saying these words. (laughs) And hope that you love me. <laughs> That's cool. Have you ever done it where it's just, I feel like I'm just inventing this because I've seen it in movies, where there's just a camera in the room? Oh, yeah, all the time. What? They don't even talk to you? Well, well I feel like yeah. you, um, often the first stage of an audition is just the casting oh. director and a camera. Oh. And then if they like what they see, they can send that to someone and then decide if it's worth it to you know bring you back in. I see. IRL. Even the ones that you send in a tape for, do they still do another on-camera thing? Oh, I don't know. Or if you send the tape and that skips that. What if you only would send it like through encrypted things and you mm. were really weird about it? Like you were, anytime you tried out for something, you needed there to be like 
a multi-step authentication process before they were able to view it. Yeah, they'd make it hard for. It's so, fu- it's so funny that so. I guess, it's like, I guess that would put a really unnecessary hurdle. It's like I'm trying so of- hard to get anyone to look at anything that I do that the thought of that is just bonkers. Well, they're I also I just looking thought, for someone to yeah. fill the role. I guess they I thought. I guess I thought maybe hard. they would be like, "Wow, who's this fucking maverick?" You know, like doesn't even well, want us to see this thing. But you're probably right; they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't look um, at it. Yeah, I'm always, uh, I always think about that. Like, uh, if I'm going to send a, so I've already <laughs> sent in packets, places, uh, quasi solicited, not really, um, where I, I've had like drawings or something in them because I'm like, that, this will be cool. But now I'm at this point, I'm like, but is that the reason no one looks at my thing? Mm, <laughs> stuff? Like, like I don't Tobias want to. Tobias Yeah. <laughs> what did you send the glitter bombs? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Where he would send it, yeah, they'd open up his package and it was just filled <laughs> with glitter. And people, were, people were infuriated with him. Oh, well, man. I want to embrace stuff like that where it's like, and you know what? Stand out and do your own cool thing and express yourself. People get really mad when you express yourself. Right. It's like, just like, just make it simple because we have to read 200 of these yeah. in an hour. Yeah. That makes sense. When people, I've had to sit on um, like panels for residencies or like awards for artists and stuff Mm -hmm. and there's a you definitely want people to be unique and have their own voice but there's definitely like the step too far Mm. you know where it's like you ask a pretty simple question and it's like clearly we're asking this because it's related to the context of what you would be doing and people are like have you asked yourself that? No. (laughs) Like in their response like hmm I can't out of here nobody (laughs) or they're like angry like I've read some that are just like well, you're not even gonna let me in anyway. So what difference does it make? <gasps> yeah. I'm like, how do you know? Oh, what is that? Vibe? Wow. I don't know. You could have. Why did you say that? Now I don't like you. Not yeah. that I have like any end call, but I've just like sat in things where everybody in the room is sort of like, why are they being mean to us? We haven't even <laughs> know yet. Like, or it's like, do you even want this? Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I guess I just literally proposed that you do that, so okay. I apologize for <laughs> when I applied um, to colleges the second time because. I went to school uh, without really thinking about it, and I didn't like the first school I went to. And then I took some time off, um, and then I, I reapplied uh, to different schools, obviously. And um, I sent—I I'm pretty sure for for every school it was just like the common common app. But then also I included a letter that was like a personal letter where I was saying like I'm. <laughs> I'm coming from a bad place. (laughs) It's dark right now. (laughs) And I hope it changes. But like, you know, I got into maybe three of like the 12 places I applied to. So most places were like, yeah, we're not going to, no, no thanks, you know. On a similar Mm -hmm. note, I. Some places were like, yeah. Yeah. And a similar note, I included an art supplement, which was me doing my high school's production of Dracula. So that's kind of a similar (laughs) thing. Cool. (laughs) Oh, say that. Uh, Dracula. There was someone in Dracula who was in the movie Get Out. <gasps> yes. You're this um, uh, <laughs> man you thought you'd never see again. <laughs> but there he was on the big screen. Wait, from like Bram Stoker's Dracula or something that you were in, in a production with so in high school? In my high school Whoa. production of Dracula, they oh, hired right. a professional actor to play the role of Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> and he was this actor. Uh, he is this actor named Ruddy Cravens. Where the fuck was your high school that they <laughs> I know. I don't know why they did that. It's so weird. The, my high school theater department was like very intense. Okay. So I guess, and then we're I'm we're like we go to see Get Out, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the guy who was in Dracula. <laughs> yeah, you grabbed with me. me like you were that's frightened. Cool. <laughs> you you were in that's one degree of separation 
for you from the rest of the cast. Yeah, that's why Allison Williams and I are best ever, that's friends. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was so bonkers that there was this adult man in our production. <laughs> <laughs> what was it a romantic ro- role at all? Oh yeah, no. was there a No, Van no, Helsing he's just kills yeah. things, right? Yeah, but I feel like he sometimes hold, he Van Helsing the... is cast as a sort of hunk. I don't know, he would hold up the cross and then I would have my <laughs> oh. <laughs> my moment. <laughs> That's cool. You got to die. It was a really fun part. I got to be in a coffin and like shoot this super soaker full of blood up into the air and scream. Oh, that is pretty tight. Was it a DVD? What? That you sent? Yep. My mom made it. (laughs) Wait, that's your is single cam from the audience? No, no, I mean, no, I mean, I couldn't figure out on the computer how to compile like video clips from me and shows, and Mm. so I I was like just like sobbing on the floor, and she was just like, "Oh my god!" and she was trying to do it. (laughs) That process was so traumatic. That's cool. Putting that DVD and. menu together. <laughs> Wait, was it like iMovie and then it had like my great DVD? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like Catherine Cohen art that. supplement. <laughs> I used to make DVDs for my friends in uh, high school of our sketches. If we made like little sketches, I'd like put three of them on a DVD and I'd always put like Radiohead over the, oh my <laughs> the God. menu or nice. something. And they were like, how'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> you are tech savvy. I, I disagree. Ow! Julie, it's me. You like me. No, I don't. Ow. Julie, please. How much does my head weigh? Zero. Zero. In a special Dirty Dining report tonight, evidence of rodents and roaches found their way into a kitchen of a popular restaurant recently. We're uncovering tonight. Inspectors found live roaches in the kitchen at TGI Friday's restaurant in Tampa. The store on 2501 East Fowler Avenue had to temporarily shut its doors May 1st. Inspectors discovered over a dozen roaches near the cook's line, under the prep table, behind the reach-in cooler, and on the cooler. And Friday's also has a problem with rodents, with rodent droppings discovered behind the prep table in the service station. Other violations include grease accumulated on floors and under cooking equipment, holes in the walls, and a sanitation bucket stored right next to raw shrimp. Friday's spokesperson sent me this statement, which reads in part, quote, the health and safety of our guests and team members is a top priority for TGI Fridays. Our team took immediate action to ensure the issue was addressed and did so in a manner to prevent any future incidents. ABC Action News taking action for you right now with other dirty dining restaurants at abcactionnews.com slash dining. And if you want to tell me about a dirty restaurant, go to my Facebook page under Wendy Ryan WFTS. Like the page and let me know. Jameson. There was a fellow, he didn't go to my high school, a little bit older than me. Uh, He went to the Catholic high school in my hometown. His name's Carter Oosterhouse, Mm. and he's on HGTV. I I don't know the name of the show, but uh, Home Improvement kind of show. But Last Man Standing. I was watching, Claire and I were watching on Netflix the reality competition show Steampunked. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) What is that? Just look it up. <laughs> it's basically, it's Top Chef for people who are interested in steampunk. Um, and That's a no wow. for me. Oh, just, I'm <laughs> telling you, it is it is worth watching. All right. And uh, there's an episode, they have like a guest judge on every episode. And this guy from my hometown was, was one of the guest judges. And he's like a carpenter, right? Like he builds yeah. homes. And these yeah. people are like taking 
plastic shields from the store, spray painting them like bronze colored, gluing gears to them, and then like hot gluing like their fucking fake little steampunk dirigible inside of a room and just be like, this is my lair. And it would like fall oh, really? over. And he was a, he did a very good job of, I felt like he was appalled, but he, he, he played appalled. it pretty cool. God. He was like pretty generous with them and kind of gave feedback, but I was wow. just like, this is outlandish. This is, that's what happened to your, your old uh, building. <laughs> What? Oh, it yeah, they, William they steampunked it. No. It slowly started yeah. accumulating gears on the wall. Wait, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the one, the, wait. I lived in this in, in this big building on South 4th. Oh. And when I moved in, it was like a little run down and mm-hmm. just, but it was big and nice. And then I lived there for two years and they started making it really fancy. Mm-hmm. And the final touch <laughs> was um, painting a rocket ship on the wall and then putting all these <laughs> gears no. all over the walls. No, 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 no. Every yeah. time we walk by, there's more, more on the wall. They're mm-hmm. not taking anything down. They're not yeah, changing the motif. Are They're the just like, we have rockets, we have gears, let's just keep adding. You think it's the owner of the building? Do they live know. there? Or is this like The a, management no, company. Really, there's like yeah. a big management company. A lot of people live there. And I lived there with three other people. It was four of us. Uh-huh. And then one night, we were all on the roof and we ended up at this party, the floor below us. And it was one guy living there alone. Just like this huge apartment, just full, uh, beautiful furniture and all these like really nice drugs and stuff. And I was like, are we in the same building? Like, what is this place? <laughs> really Anyways. nice drugs. Okay, furniture. <laughs> really nice drugs. Um, yeah. for someone, you can tell that I don't do yeah. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> there are these nice... Such <laughs> as a bowl of nice mints. weeds and pills and all the nice stuff. There's a building like that that's kind of not far from my house. And one time I tweeted a picture of it because I'd never seen it before and it has like you know some kind of spokes and stuff mm-hmm. going yeah. off of it and i think it's meant to be sort of like a community of some mm. kind but very uh, uh very intentional to the point where you're just like this is, you don't know how to have a community like you're trying very hard for this to be like a thing is that what the gesture is is we're going to have a community based around a mural it's meant to i think make people think that it's like a creative loft mm. situation mm-hmm. yeah I, I see that so I, I took a photo of it and i tweeted it and i just said something like you know (laughs) what the fuck is this or something and somebody like that i knew dm me and was like dude listen like i'm not telling you what to do but you might want to pull that tweet down because like i got fucking like everyone in that building dragged me when i made fun of it like they're like a crazy bunch of like kids whose parents pay their rent cult and I can't remember what it's called, and I wish I could because I would say the name of it because I don't like give a fuck. They're like a collective fuck. or something, but quote? not at all. Hmm. Like <laughs> it's, oh just a, <laughs> it's just a building that's supposed to be filled with creative people, which oh I think gosh. is actually like discriminatory what? Um. housing. I don't think that you can have a building that only creative people live in. I think that violates multiple laws. Yeah. And, and I you feel should personally attacked. Yeah, I feel like if you're not <laughs> as a non-creative. Yeah, if you're not yes. creative, you should be allowed to live in the same building as people who are creative. Yeah. I mean, what year is it? I, it's 2017. <laughs> oh, that's what year. That's the one. Um, well, before we get done here, what are the dates of... Mm. Here's the twist. Oh, yeah. There's September 15th. I'm doing it September 15th at the UCB. Twist. Sorry. Yeah, yes. it's just straight up the twist. September 15th. Dot, dot, dot. Yes, and that's going to be fun. And then I also, the next It's a Guy thing is on September 23rd With at Union Patty Hall. and Mitra. Uh, Mitra's in LA, but it'll be <gasps> me and Patty. That's like okay? that's it's fine. It's like seeing Neil Pert and Getty Lee without Alex Lifeson. <laughs> well, um, if you went way back in the to the over the eight shows, we've done a few without Meech. 
Meech uh, was uh, absent mm. one month, and Patty filled in, and that's how Patty got involved. Yeah, that's how we I kept her on. See. I think that was my... Yeah, because it used to be just me and Mitra, and then she couldn't do it one month, so I was like, let's ask Patty, and then we are like, Patty's the best. Let's all do it together. And that's when Very he started cool. making the songs for it, too. Yeah, Patty's really good at making these insane yeah, <laughs> audio tracks. I've so seen we, a few. I yes. saw the... <gasps> Sweet Potato? No, I saw... <laughs> what did I see at the one that I went to? I saw Sis Formers. Yes, that's a great yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Patty has a song called Sweet Potato, and it is incredible, and I sing it to myself all the time. It's part of her Stevie Nicks yeah. catalog. Yeah, <clears throat> oeuvre. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then I'm doing a show at Legion on September 30th that's just going to have a bunch of funny friends doing funny stuff, and nice. I'm going to try some weird stuff out. Here there. Yeah. I'm Wait, are you, you're not doing New American Comedy any longer consistently? No, no never. It no. kind of got retired. <laughs> it crumbled. It, oh. Well, I had a blast when I did it. It was fun. It was great. Yes, uh, when, the yeah. the core group uh, kind of splintered. Just, you know how it is too too many people, and then it's too difficult to schedule, and then it's a whole thing, and then it becomes not as fun because it becomes a pain. Yeah, then it becomes an admin. A lot yeah. of things. It's interesting. We think about this sometimes. Like we think about the people we've been doing shows with, and every now and then you're like, oh, everybody is gone. <laughs> There, there are some people that are still like around, but they're just busy. But some people, you know, just stop performing, and we we have a knack of uh, getting into sort of groups of very funny deeply people. involved with people who quit. No, Sorry. they they don't necessarily that. quit. That. They just like you know different things. They get jobs or they go to go back to school or something. Yeah. And they're still around, and we're still friends with them, but. Uh, we're, uh, we're just not able to do shows with them. Life anymore. gets in the way. Yeah. I like to accuse people who moved to Los Angeles of quitting. Yeah. Uh, yeah just whatever it. it was, whether they were artists or musicians, or even if they move there, they're, they're actors. They have a TV yeah. deal. And oh, I'm just you're like, done, huh? They're quitting. Oh, they up. fucking, yeah. yeah they quit. Yeah. <laughs> the creative up. lifestyle. It's more important so, yeah. to quit up than quit down. <laughs> Quitting down is violent. Quitting down. I think you yes. should only quit up. But I think, uh, yeah, I guess what we were trying to, because the mic stopped too the mic at yeah the mic that the skaters only mic it was kind of yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) kind of i was just gonna say i don't know how i missed this and i said well actually i do know because i wasn't allowed but (laughs) it is that it's true and that was ruthlessly discriminatory (laughs) totally we were (laughs) very very rude you had to skate in you had to skate but you you couldn't be creative exactly (laughs) no creative Yeah, that was kind of like a nice group kind of formed from people who went to that all the time. So once that ended, it was just, you know, these way, And then all the venues closed, kind of these waves yeah. of... But that was good because then it inspired me at least to, you know, write my solo show and start doing that instead. And then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, things always happen, you know, in the wake things of always these... Things always happen. ...of these, you know, new projects I come up and then that. the next thing happens. Yeah, Sean, if you take away anything from this interview, <laughs> is that... Things happen. I'm glad to hear that that's still what's going on because I feel like sometimes I'm a little disconnected from what's going on in the world. And to have someone just, you know, sit you down and say, Yeah, I'm sitting your ass down. Happen. I'm going <laughs> to sit your ass down and tell you things happen. <laughs> but um, there is a, there's still a group present, a community. It's, it, it's always amazing to think how small the Brooklyn sort of alternative, quote unquote, uh, comedy community but is. But it feels like it's a lot of people. Sm- it's, it feels big to you? It feels fast? I don't know. I feel like we know everybody. I feel like there's lots of cool stuff going on all the time. Mm-hmm. And that way it feels like there's a lot of, lot of yeah. people. That's true. I feel like it's just the same people work, working a lot, like doing a lot of shows. Maybe. I hope, I hope it's, I hope there's more people constantly coming in. 
Mm-hmm. There are. Because I want, I want new friends. Why? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> say, say additional friends. There we go. Extra friends. Oh, I see. Then it doesn't sound like you're replacing anybody. I want extra friends. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I yeah. I didn't know that new implied I replace. I get really stressed out when like new men come into my life. Mm. And oh, my God. I Forget think it. that we're becoming friends. And um, it was easier when I first moved to New York because it would be like, well, I need to make some friends. Mm-hmm. And now it's oh like, it's really hard to figure out what level are we at? And like, are you my buddy? Or like, do we hang out one-on-one? And then I realized that I have some friends that I've known for a really long time in this one, this was in Oregon. I knew this guy for six years. Wow. And only in the last few months that I lived there did I ever ride in a car with him alone. And I realized, <laughs> I realized that I had never been one-on-one with this dude in six years, but I, he'd been to all my birthday parties. Mm. I've been to all of his. <laughs> I counted him as a friend, been to dinner at his house, knew wow. a lot about each other. I'd never been alone with this man in six years. And we rode in a car and we listened to a CD because we didn't have anything to talk about. Well, and that's it really, why... really opened up my eyes. Well, uh, I like to ask people on like a fun coffee date. mm Right away, so Test we can get out. in there. Yeah, yeah. See how Friendship it's going? wise, yeah, I you have do. so many friend crushes. I want to. You do lunches. Do a lot of lunches. That's good. I love lunch. Just the concept of it, and totally. it usually tastes great. I had an eleven thirty a.m. sushi lunch today. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds nice. <laughs> it was was it good? The food? Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask, what level of friendship are we at, Sean? <gasps> and how can we what's take this, it to the yeah, next what's level? what's the scale? I don't know. You mentioned levels before. I thought <laughs> yeah. you had a scale in mind. I don't. I'm. I, this is a neurotic thing that I do in my own head that probably nobody else participates in. But I'd be down to take this to the next level, Stephen. Excellent. I think you should come over for dinner. I would love to come over. And uh, I'm t- from I'm from New Jersey. Sometimes we go to New Jersey, my parents' house. We drive all over the place. You're welcome to come and be, be alone cool. in a car with me. Yeah, because I want to rip that bandaid off. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you no. what. I'll tell you what. My phone knew that we were close enough that when you texted me, which was the first time when you were arriving today, mm. it said maybe Stephen. Oh, so it whoa, knew, we can do that now. Oh, That's yeah. from email. Well, I know that, but it knew because we'd <laughs> been in touch enough. Sometimes mm-hmm. I get a rando phone number and I don't know who it is. Yeah, this knew. It said maybe Stephen. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's. That's amazing. I think I, hope, it, I, I think it was a sign. Hmm. Yeah, Catherine, you're welcome to. Yeah, you can also later on. Yeah, come in. No, if you want, sure. if you want to be friends too. Yeah, no, let's no. take it one step <laughs> at a time. I feel like this is moving too fast now. <laughs> I have to go to a lunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much. Thank oh you my for gosh! Us. Everybody, please <laughs> tune in, subscribe, rate it. Yes, please. Yes, you got to review it. And, yes, and rate Turner it. Masters Memory. Hospital. Yes. On 19. It's really fun to say. And I feel yeah. like I maybe said it once wrong during the episode, but no. maybe not. No. Good. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we will see you next week. Let's sign off this week with Mega Mega Upload from our pal in Miami, the one and only Jillian Mayer.
Okay, you got it.